You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today I have a very interesting episode. My guest is Kayla Kraft and we will be talking about how to create life-changing wealth, gain the confidence and clarity you need to manage your money and explode your income potential and how to achieve financial freedom in unstable economy. My guest, Kayla Kraft, is a rich mom, millionaire, mentor, investor, and founder of Mommy Millionaire Podcast and Mommy Millionaire Brand. As an inspirational icon for self-made mothers seeking financial freedom, asset wealth generation, multi-generational wealth, she's out to shatter society's addiction to the paycheck. Kayla trained and worked as an ER nurse and transitioned to making millions in multi-level marketing. But with no money mentors or financial know-how at her disposal, she spent more than she took in. When she recognized her own unhealthy habits, she committed to educating herself on entrepreneurship, investment, and building generational wealth. Now, through intensive one-on-one mentoring and investing, she shares that wisdom. She shows clients how to take control of their earning power, build lucrative multidimensional businesses, and live abundant lives. A straight shooter and a rule breaker, Kayla knows exactly how to inspire entrepreneurs to become self-made millionaires. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Kayla. So nice to meet you and welcome to Not Basic Blonde podcast. So glad to have you. (laughs) I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, me too. And you have so much experience. You have such an amazing background. We would love to know how did you 
go from the regular nurse to the multimillionaire. I know it was, it was really easy. It just happened overnight. Uh, yeah. So it's funny because I haven't been working as a nurse for like eight years. And so, you know how it's like, it feels so far removed from like, you know, what I'm currently experiencing in my life right now, but you know, how did it happen? It first happened by just like setting the goal. You know, I had a one-year-old at home and I hated leaving him to go to work. And then when I went to work, I just felt unappreciated. Like I loved being a nurse, but I felt unappreciated by like my coworkers, by my boss, by the patients usually, you know, and it was just very unfulfilling. And then I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I leaving, you know, my little son to like go and get crapped on? Like literally why? <laughs> so it started with setting a goal. Okay. I want to be able to work from home and be with my kids. How am I going to do that? Right? So you've got to have a goal in mind of what you want and be careful who you tell it to, right? Like you've got to be careful who you tell your dreams to, because, uh, in the beginning I told everybody like, Oh, I'm going to get out of nursing. And when you tell other people that have corporate jobs or just regular jobs, they're like, well, it's not possible. Like that, that's not going to work out for you. Like, who do you know that that's worked out for? And I'm like, nobody, but it's going to work out for me. So you got to be careful who you tell your dreams to. You want to give, you know, you want to hang out with those people that are the life givers and not the dream stealers. So <laughs> I eventually figured that out. Like, okay, I got to hang out with like-minded people who are entrepreneurs, who are going to, you know, be able to collaborate with me give me tips and help me get where I want to go. And then it takes like persistence. You know, there were so many times when I was building my personal brand on Facebook that like I would get zero likes, you, you know, like nobody's watching me. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say, but I had to persist, figure out my messaging and keep going. And eventually, you know, now people pay me a lot of money to teach them how to do what I've been able to do. Right. So, um, I think that's like, it's just that mindset of like committing to what I want. And a lot of people are interested in having their dream life, but most people aren't committed to having their dream life. And I've just been a committed person, you know, no matter what I'm going to keep going. And now I have a new dream I'm going after in my life. And it's all the same things that it was 11 years ago, you know, like, oh, <laughs> hearing no, 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 no. But you got to keep busting through. Well, what really helped you to get out of that mindset? I mean, you already had the mindset of achiever and the mindset of entrepreneur. But what helped you to cross that line? Because I know I've had so many people like you call them dream stealers that <laughs> steal your dreams and they just don't have the same mindset as you have and they just think by just working hard and having a regular job will actually get you somewhere but it's actually the most unappreciative and the most unstable way because when you're an entrepreneur you depend on yourself and you know you can make money and when you work for someone you can get fired anytime and then all your dreams <laughs> your career goals are ruined. So, well, it's like, you've got to have a plan and, and, you know, there's not, not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur, right? Some people are meant to be the helpers and to help those entrepreneurs like achieve their dreams. So I, you know, I don't always want to knock down jobs, even though I always say J O B stands for just over broke, 
But the people that work in my company, I call them intrapreneurs because in order to like last in my company, you've got to treat this like it's yours. Like, you know, you're helping me build out my vision and my dream. So you could be, you know, somebody listening in that's an intrapreneur and you've got to like change your mindset, um, but also like work it in there where it's like, hey, how do I get shares of the company? So that way you have skin in the game, right? So you have something to look forward to. That's really, really, really important. But, you know, what's your plan in your life? Do you want to, you know, have it all be in somebody else's hands? Are you okay with that? If so, if you're like, I'm going to have a job for the rest of my life, then you've got to have a plan for your money. Because if you don't have money in motion, This is really important. If you don't have money in motion, so that means money that you've invested somewhere that's working for you right now to grow so you can have an amazing life, okay? If you don't have that, your money is slowly dying and you will work every day for the rest of your life. That's not a way to live. Like I I don't wanna have to keep working for money every day. Like, and you know, I've been financially free since I was 26 years old. I don't have to work for money anymore. Everything I do is because I choose to do it. And it's because I made a plan. So you got to make a plan for your money and then work the plan and have discipline over, uh, you know, sometimes like people, I remember like when I was first getting out and investing and people would be buying the Chanel purses and they'd be buying like all the nice things going on all the nice trips. And for me, I was like, well, I'm putting my money into other things that are like really going to appreciate, you know, and like be able to be a sellable asset later on in my life. So I had to say, no, I had to have that self-control and discipline to hold, hold, hold (laughs) and wait for the perfect time. Now I can buy whatever I want to buy. I still don't buy a lot of nice things because investing and stuff is like what gets me off. Right. I'm like, yeah, like, oh my gosh, you know, that's what I would rather put my money in. So uh, you got to have a plan and then work your plan. But you know, even so many people still have plan, but they just can't proceed that they don't know how to move forward with it. And when you were starting, did you have any capital or did you have any, like, did you invest anything or you just started with nothing? Yeah. So I had no idea what the heck I was doing when I first got started. Okay. So I was, like I said, I was working as a nurse and I got started in network marketing about 11 years ago. And so for me, I knew I wasn't going to be able to build that business the way, um, most people were building it was through like, you know, home parties and lots of travel. Well, I was still working a full-time job and like, you know, I was pregnant and had you know, my one-year-old at home. So I was like, well, I'm going to figure out how to do this Facebook thing. Like I'm going to figure out how to brand and help people online. And so I, it was by trial and error. Like I was posting things at first that wasn't resonating with people. And then I figured out what resonated with people. So, you know, you could, your plan, you have to be flexible. You can't just have one way of getting things done. You've got to say, Hey, like, I I might need to find a hundred ways that don't work right here. Right. So I was able to increase my income by having a second job. That's what I did. Right. I was doing a nurse and that was paying my bills. And since then over here with this network marketing business, I was taking the money from that and putting it aside. My first year, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. My first year I spent it like crazy. Okay. I didn't save a dime. And I went to go pay taxes and I didn't have any money to pay my taxes. And I was like, Oh, 
okay, I better figure out this money thing. Okay. <laughs> I can't be a slave to, to, you know, paying taxes and to my money. I need to have a plan. So that was kind of like the hardship in the beginning. But then I started to every dime I made, I put it aside and I paid, I had a tax bundle and then everything else that was my extra money, you know, to buy my dream home. There were things that I wanted to do with that money, but I didn't touch it. Like we didn't go on vacations. We didn't do anything. We just like, it's going over here. So eventually that just kept adding up, adding up because my income earning potential continued to increase because my intellectual property continued to increase, right? I became more and more valuable in the marketplace. So uh, you don't have to have money to get started. You have to be willing to put yourself out there to make mistakes. You have to be willing to make mistakes, you know, but if you're just getting started right now in this day and age, it's never been easier. 11 years ago, like people didn't know what a personal brand was. That wasn't even a thing. You know, we were like creating it as we went. And now it's like, everybody is a personal brand and it's amazing. So you have to see what is it that I am good at, that if I give my gifts and talents, I can help other people with their problems and then put offer offers out there. And, you know, that's how you increase your income earning potential is you're just like, Hey, how many problems can I solve today? So that's what I would do in the beginning is just like, okay, how do I increase my income? And it might not be in what you're currently doing. You might have to try a couple things. As far as network marketing, I know so many people don't believe in it and it actually works. You made it work. And I know so many people who do the same. So what helped you to believe in it? How did you do it? Yeah. So, you know, it goes back to this concept of solving people's problems. So I happen to sell health and wellness. And so, you know, I did that for nine years of my life. And so everybody wants to feel better. They want to have more energy. They want to feel youthful and everybody wants to be thin. That's just, you know, the times we live in. Okay. And so the problem is that most people need guidance. Most people uh, didn't know what to eat. Most people didn't know what to think about their health. And so that's the kind of content I started putting out 11 years ago was the, the mindset of being a healthy person. And that is what helped me become successful because I wasn't just posting products all the time. And that's why network marketing doesn't work for most people is because they just get in and they just say, Hey, here is, um, this shirt I have to sell. Isn't it cute? Don't you want to buy it? And people are like, mm, nah, I'm good pass. And then they see you post the shirt again the next day. And they're like, oh, I'm unfollowing this person. She's so annoying. Right. Cause you're not adding any value. And so you have to focus on the problem. If I wanted to sell a shirt today, what would I do? Well, the problem is, is that you don't have anything to wear in your closet. Okay. And so I'm going to focus on that point and reminding them how like, oh my gosh, isn't this like such a cute outfit you could wear on your date night? Look at all the different ways that you could wear this shirt. Like that would make me go, oh yeah, I need to buy that. Oh, I need to buy that. Cause I have a date night next week. I'm going on. Okay. Order now right? So you've got to get into people's problems. You've got to learn the conversations that people are having in their minds in order to sell to them. You've got to treat your, if you're in network marketing, you got to treat it like a business. You know, if you treat it like a hobby and you're just trying to like, you know, get, do the easy thing, you're going to make easy money, which is sleazy money, which never lasts. 
Very interesting point. I love how you said it. <laughs> Going to the next question. How can we achieve financial freedom in difficult economic situations? I know so many people actually become very successful in recession, in like the craziest and hardest economic mm -hmm. times. And some people get scared and they kind of get paralyzed from, you know, like the crisis. But some people take advantage of the crisis. So what do you think about it? Okay, so... This is such a, such a good question. It's very relevant for what people are going through right now. And, you know, in tough times, they make either even tougher people. Okay. That's how I look at tough times. And, uh, you could be going through a situation right now where, you know, maybe you just got laid off. Maybe, you know, what worked two years ago, isn't working now. And, you know, you're not making as much money. I don't know what your situation is, but everybody has hardships, right? Uh, and what you have to get in the mindset of doing is asking yourself, where is the opportunity right now? If everybody is focused on a recession, right? And that is what most people are focused on. Everybody's like waiting for it to happen. Like, we're, <gasps> you know, what pins and needles, when's it going to happen any day? Okay. You need to be thinking the exact opposite. Where is the opportunity? What, where are people going to be flocking to when this recession hits? What are people going to need? And I'll, I'll just give you a little tip, right? People are going to be losing their homes during this recession because most people are overextended, unfortunately. Like that's just the cold hard truth. People spend money that they don't have. And, you know, the tip number one on this podcast, like stop spending money you don't have. Okay. <laughs> but we know that people are going to lose their homes. It's absolutely devastating. It's horrible. But where my mind goes, knowing this, where's the opportunity? Okay. People are going to need storage. People are going to need storage units to hold their stuff. So that's what I'm currently working on is self-storage units. And it's so unsexy. It's, I mean, what is sexy about owning a storage facility? Absolutely nothing except for the money in the bank, right? So my mind's going there. Who do I need to know? I've been networking with people in self-storage, like going, how do I do this? Like, what does it look like? Where is the land? And I've been doing all this research ready to open up this place before the recession even hits so I can have hello, a place for people to store their stuff. Look at where is the opportunity? What businesses are recession proof? Well, food, people are definitely going to be needing food. If you are, if you love to garden, if you love to plant, I would be getting a co-op going and I would be, you know, like starting some type of gardening thing. And you could be, you know, giving out food to people around you and selling it. You know, I mean, you already know if you're going into grocery stores, you walk in and you see shelves empty. Okay. So start thinking there, hmm, what can I do about that? I'm going to grow my own food. So you've got to be opportunity minded. I, people call me, you know, like it's a bad thing. You're an opportunist. Absolutely. I'm an opportunist like that. You know how you, it, people think of that as a bad thing. No, that's the best thing. I personally think because I'm always looking and thinking, okay, what's the next best thing for my family, for my legacy that is going to help us get to the next level. And, you know, people think oh, I got to save money. I've got to save money for a rainy day. You got to put your money into motion right now. You got to put your money into motion right now. The worst thing you could do right now is wait for the recession and hold on to money. No, 
that's what causes recessions is everybody doing that, you know? So be looking for the opportunity. How can I serve people right now and have money ready to follow the opportunity? You know, I also heard this from some reliable resources that they say America might be in hunger. Like they might, we might have the food shortage, like pretty bad food shortage very soon. Mm -hmm. I guess it's like next year, the latest, but very, very soon. And it's coming up because Ukraine was in the war and Ukraine supplies the whole Europe with grains and other um, agricultural needs and it's basically it hasn't been done anything this year and it's just like I heard this but you know it's yeah so it's true. yeah so it's it's like a real thing so what do you need to be doing like for me we bought a lettuce grow and no I'm not sponsored by them but you know it's a way that you can grow it's a little container that looks like it's like six feet tall and you could have 30 different things growing inside of this. Um, it waters itself. You hook it up to a hose. It's really, really cool. I mean, so look into like, Hey, can I invest in that company? <laughs> I don't know. I need to look into it. I need to take my own advice with that one, but I got a lettuce grow and we've been making our own lettuce, carrots, um, all of the herbs. What else do we have on there? Like a ton of different veggies, strawberries we have on there. So we've been making our own, or growing our own food. so that way, in case like it does happen, we're prepared, you know, with healthy food, people are going and getting canned. I'm like, Oh, like, I'm not going to die during this. Like my family's going to live. Like we're going to, we're going to be good to go. So take, stop putting, this is a really good point for anything, right? Is stop putting your life into somebody else's hands, into the government's hands, into another country's hands. Like, no, if, if I want my family to eat healthy and I want my family to be fed, well, then I'm going to grow my own food. I'm going to take that and, you know, and be able to work with it. My brother has cattle, he has pigs, he has goats. So we have animals that if we need to eat, we will go use those animals. We're going to be fine. So start planning. <laughs> That's a good advice. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you said that you shouldn't just have your money in bank. You should have it actually investing and doing something because otherwise it's just like you're losing money. Absolutely. So, you know, people don't realize what banks are and, and I didn't either. So I'm like, you know, trust me, I thought banks just held the money there. I thought you just go in and you could get your money at any time. No, banks are using your money, right? Banks are giving your money away to other people to help that bank get richer. That's all that the banks are doing. Okay. And then they're charging you to do it, which is absolutely crazy. So first on that is use small banks. Okay. So you want to use credit unions, put your money into high yield cash accounts. So that way, at least you're getting, if, if you have to have money holding in a bank, at least you're making some money on it. And I have, you know, I'm at six different credit unions. I want my money split up everywhere because you don't know. You don't, I mean, what if, the, if that bank goes under, you want to make sure that every account that you hold is an insured account. So if, if that bank were to go under, the government will make sure you get paid on that money. That's really important for people to know too. But yeah, start being a bank. Start being a bank. So my husband, which is funny because his name is Chase, <laughs> you know, it's like Chase Bank, but he actually started a lending company. 
Okay. And what makes it gets us so excited because we're like, Hey, like we need to start being the bank for people giving out loans for certain things and making an interest percentage on that. So, uh, you could do the same, right? If you have money right now and somebody wants to invest in a property and they need some of your capital, Hey, give it to them. Make sure it works out, right? Like make sure everybody has their, you know, their eyes dotted and all those things. But that's how you got to start thinking um, is where can this money go and be working for me? Like if you have a lot of money in the bank right now, you that's like, it, what? No, stop saving for a rainy day. Go and um, make a plethora of money where you could pull it out if you have a rainy day right? But go get it working for you. Like I, when I have a lot of money in the bank, I start to get a little antsy. I'm like, oh, we got to get rid of this. We, we got to put this somewhere right now. We've, we've got to get it growing. You know, I get I, like, I feel like that right now because it's actually the hardest thing about like growing your money is actually finding deals, right? And finding really good deals. So I spend a lot of my time looking for deals and because of the market where it's at right now, um, you know, I'm just, I'm waiting for that perfect deal. The next deal <laughs> that's going to come, that's going to come through. So, uh, yeah, get in the, increase your financial literacy, whatever it is that you want to invest in, learn about it before you invest in it. Know enough to be dangerous. I lost a lot of money, um, back about 78 years ago. I hired a financial advisor because I was just like, well, like, I don't know a lot about money, so I should hire you and you should tell me everything. And that was the wrong way to go about it. And he gave me, he knew how much money I made. I was making, you know, six figures monthly. And he was like, well, you know, you should invest in all these very risky things because if it doesn't work out, like you can make it back pretty quick. And I was like, yeah, that's good logic. Now knowing that I'm like, I worked really hard for that money. Like I want to make smart decisions, but I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, almost totaling almost a million dollars in some bad investments because they were extremely risky. And, uh, so now I, it's like, oh, if I knew about the oil, right. Invested in oil, I wouldn't have done that. Like if I would have been, you know, financial, financially literate, uh, I would have said, that's not a good deal <laughs> for my money. Like that, you know, having a 0.5% now, that's, that's not going to work for me. So don't always go with the financial advisor. Don't always just trust somebody that has money. You've got to do your due diligence and make sure that the deal is going to work for you. I heard many stories. People had such a bad experience with financial advisors and analysts. And it's just, I, I mean, you're not suggesting to have one or, I mean, <laughs> well, okay. So I, I shouldn't say all financial I mean, advisors, unless they're very, professional, credible and experienced. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the question I have now. Like if you want to hire a financial advisor, I always say, what's your net worth? What, what deals are you invested in right now? And if they don't have a net worth that I want, why would I give you my money to invest it for me? That doesn't make sense to me. How do you get paid? Like, that's another good question you need to ask financial advisors. How do you make money? Right. So some financial advisors, they just get paid per transaction. They don't care. They get paid either way. Some people get paid on commission. You know, it's like you got to figure out, like, how are these people getting paid? What is their net worth? Do they actually know what they're talking about? Or did they just go to school 
you know, or have a come from a family that has money. Like I need to understand like who you are and are you interested in teaching me everything I need to know about money? If those financial advisors are not teachers, don't hire them. They need to be invested in you becoming financially literate as well. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do you respond when people ask you, when will your husband make more money than you? Um, you know, it's so funny because I'm renting out, uh, like a little office space and I live in Newport beach in California. So, um, Pacific coast highway, it goes, you know, from the top of California down to the bottom and I'm getting a little office over there. And the guy that owns the building has owned it for 50 years and he's very traditional, you know? And he was like, asking me all these questions about my business. He, first of all, like he didn't know, he's like, what is a podcaster? I was like, Oh, I'll send you, you know, my podcast. So you can listen. And he did. I, I was like, I have a YouTube and you know, da, 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 da. and he's like, I have no idea what any of this is. So it was funny, but, um, he goes, well, are you married? And I go, yeah, I go, but I, you know, everything comes like I make the money. Um, and so I, my husband doesn't need to be on this application. And he was like, Oh, well, how does your husband feel about that? You know, like, Oh, And I was like, oh, he's obsessed. He's been retired for eight years. Like he's doing his own thing, building his companies and like, he's good to go. And he was like, just blown away. Like what? Right. So I stand like in my authority in what we're building together. I know what Chase is building will eventually be worth more than what I'm creating just because of the industry that he's in and lending. It's going to be huge. So Uh, I know that the tables will eventually turn, but like, I didn't set out to become the breadwinner in our family. I just set out to be free. And now we are, and I'm thankful that I had that persistence that I had that vision. And I just tell people that have a problem with it, you know, like, you know, that are like, Oh, what, you know, like we've had several people in the church just think it's weird. Like men should be the breadwinner. And you know, it's just, well, what do you have in your life? Are you happy with your life right now? Like, do you feel content? Do you feel like you've been able to achieve greatness in your life? And most people, when you come back at them with that question are like, like they are just flabbergasted. They don't even know how to respond to it. Right. Because most people have opinions about other people, but they don't have any response <laughs> to give. Right. They have opinions, but they don't have the response. So, um, I always just try to help them in a loving, in a loving way, show them like, Hey, like, uh, let's put the focus on you. And what do you want out of your life? What is it that you could have? Like, if, if anything, my life should just be, a mirror for you to show you what you're capable of, to show you what you're possible of. If you're inspired by my story, or even if you are judgmental of my story, there's a part of it that you want. And you just have to spend time with the part of you that believes you can't have it. I love it. And I love how you guys work as a team, because sometimes some men get intimidated and they get upset and they just start, you know, being depressed and upset over it instead of, working as a team instead of working together. So, well, you know, Chase and I, it it wasn't like that in the beginning. And I think that's an important part to point out when I got started 11 years ago, we had only been married for about two years and we were babies. Okay. I was 23 and he was 21. So we were like young. And all of a sudden I'm like, babe, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And he was like, no, you're not like, I'm taking over the family business. Like, what are you doing? Like, 
you're like really throwing a wrench in our life plans. And I was like, I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm not going to work in a hospital setting ever again. And he was really upset because he loves routine. Like he doesn't like change at all. So he was like, wait, wait, this was our 10 year plan. This was da, 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 da. Like you're really jacking us up right now. And I was like, I have to be happy. I have to be giving back. I am made to have massive impact on this world. And this is not how it's going to go. Like, I'm not going to just let me do this thing. And, uh, I, within, within two years, we were able to purchase our dream home. And that's when he started to go, Oh, okay. I'll help out a little bit more. I'll watch the kids. Like, I won't be like nagging you all the time. Like, you know, he started to be open we got our dream home and then he's, you know, he found something else to have a problem with because <laughs> I was traveling a lot and, you know, I wasn't necessarily the best wife at all because I was so focused on like building that financial freedom. If I could go back, I would do it differently. Right. But I was like one track minded, like financial freedom. Here we go. And it was like almost at all cost. I was in that way. So, uh, he, he was, he had a problem with it and he was constantly pointing out like what I was doing wrong and stuff, but it wasn't until we hired a marriage coach that really helped us. And we started to look at each other with just more compassion. And he had compassion for me because I grew up poor. Like I grew up with my dad in jail my whole life. And my mom was a single mom raising us, like worked a ton of jobs to just like make ends meet. And he was raised by parents that had like, they did really well for themselves. You know, they were entrepreneurs too, but they, they did really well for themselves. He never went without, like he got to go on a family vacation every year and he just had massive stability. So he didn't have that hunger and drive to like prove himself and to make money. He was just like, oh yeah, of course we're going to be fine. You know, but I'm like hungry. Like I need to get rich. I need to get rich yesterday. So he started to have compassion for like little Kayla, you know, the one that was like, Oh, like don't mess with me. And I started to have compassion for him because I was like, Oh, like he's not as driven as me because he didn't have to be, you know? And so it's just, it helped us love each other more. And now we look at each other with just, we have so much grace for each other. We know that we're both like figuring it out as we go and we choose to do life together. Like we want to figure it out together, like, you know? And so it's, a, it's just a different relationship that we have now because we know we're not stuck in this marriage. We choose this marriage. I love that you guys stuck through the toughest times because sometimes we people, when they actually build a business, they just get divorced. And yeah. sometimes marriage coaches don't even help. They actually <laughs> tell you, just get divorced. Don't suffer. <laughs> but yes, we found the right one. <laughs> well, you know, and I think that like Chase and I, we are very faith-based. So we were raised Christians. And so it was kind of like divorce wasn't an, ever an option because it's like so against our beliefs to get a divorce. Um, and we have three kids. And so to like when we went to the marriage coach, I remember saying, well, is that an option? Like, do you want to like just separate and like amicably and like learn how to co-parent? And we're like, that is not even like both of us. That's not even on the table. Like we will do whatever. Neither of us are going to be 50% with our kids. So we're a hundred percent all the time. So we have to be a hundred percent with each other. And so that was the coach knew where we were headed. Like we were, the destination was, we got to like each other again. <laughs> 
So, um, so that was also like really helpful. And now I'm so thankful because like our kids, you know, they're 12, 10 and eight now, which is nuts that they're that old, but I couldn't imagine, like, we're just such a close family unit, um, because we've done the work for each other. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. (laughs) What's the number one question you get all the time from people? You know, lately it's actually been, what should I invest in? Like people have been asking me that and you know, that is the wrong question to be asking because you've got to start thinking about what do I want my life? Like, what do I want out of my life? What do I want my legacy to be? You know, and the reason why people ask that question, what should I invest in is because people do want to have a goal and they want a daily action to be taking towards their goal. Right. So I get that they're asking that question, but I like to reverse engineer my life. So when it was first financial freedom, okay, destination, financial freedom, let me see now reverse engineer. How do I get that? Let me go and interview 10 people that are financially free and see what they did to get it. And then I'm going to go do those same things. So I think people should start asking the question, where am I headed? Where's the destination? And then go and either invest in a coach that has what you want or go and interview people. Like people love to give advice. People don't love to take advice, but most people love to give advice. So if you have some, if you see somebody that has what you want, you know, be willing to pay them for their time to have them tell you what they did to get it. And I wish somebody would have told me that 11 years ago, because I would be so much further ahead than where I am now. We just did trial and error, but, but yeah, like if you want to invest in real estate, okay, go and learn from people who are expert real estate investors that have a high net worth that have, um, you know, a really good experience, a good track record, a good name in the marketplace and go and interview them. That's why I love podcasting. You probably love it too, is because you get to learn from people like this and ask them any question. And you're like, wow, I just took a course right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm an expert now. So, uh, you know, get in, get in the rooms with those people to learn and think like they think that's how you get what they get. Yeah, so true. Like, I do love podcasting because I interviewed over 150, I guess, multimillionaires now, like public figures. And all this. Oh, I love it. Gave me such a great advice. And I learned so much myself. And it all started, I guess, I started podcast at the end of 2019, not even thinking that it's going to go anywhere. And in pandemic, it actually really boomed because everyone was at home and no one really had anything to do so <laughs> it was Yay! Like, uh, <laughs> but do you actually suggest to hire a coach because it can get you more successful in your field or in direction you're going faster right I I'm obsessed with with um learning how successful people think And so I, and, and learning the systems that they put in place in their life. And so I'm always a huge advocate for hiring a coach. Now, can you get to where you want to go in life without a coach? Absolutely. Will it probably just take you longer and cost you more money? Absolutely. Because people think I don't have money to hire a coach, but it's like, oh, but you would have so much more if you did. So it's like almost, you can't, you know, not afford it. (laughs) Go after it now. I've learned so much from coaches that are just like, you can't even put a price on it because it's stuff and experiences that last with you a lifetime. 
and also the next lifetime that it's because you're passing it on to your kids, the things that you learn. So I just think hiring coaches shortcuts your way to success. It really does. Cause they could just say, Hey, you want this plan. Like you have this thing that you want and here are 10 re- ways that it doesn't work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Here's the way that works. How do you pick a right coach? Because there are so many coaches right now. Like I see these people on Instagram. Everyone is a coach. Everyone is offering a course. Everyone is teaching and everyone is, you know, give some kind of advice. <laughs> I know. Right. So I think that like asking a coach, what is their track record, right? Like who have you helped and what have you helped people with? That's one way of going about it. Right. Or it's also just like, I think women, we have this powerful thing inside of us, our intuition. I mean, men have it too, but women, like, you know, we get gut feelings like really easily. Like, okay, yeah, this person's a good person. This person's not. I always go off a gut feeling. I just do. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the next person that's going to teach me something. And I hire them. That's basically how I've done it or through referrals. Like who do I know that's worked with this person and then make the hire. And, you know, usually when you hire somebody, you don't always get the number one thing you thought you were going to get from them. You get something even better. You get something that you didn't even know, uh, what existed for yourself. So go off of your intuition, interview them. And, you know, I think go into it with open arms and open, like an open heart, not having a bullet list of all the things you need this coach to help you with, but just be open. Oh, how we should deal with people who are not happy about our success. Ooh, (laughs) when you're experiencing a lot of people who aren't happy for your success, it's usually a need inside of you. Okay. Like you need, um, to hear from other people, you need the validation and it's because like, you probably haven't nurtured your inner child. So I actually have a whole book coming out on this exact concept, but you have to spend time with like the little girl or the little boy inside of you. And, you know, at a young age, we're taught to be validated like in school. It's like, Hey, you know, did you get the good grades? Did the teacher pick you? Did da, 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 you know? And so that's why we look for validation from people. But if we were to nurture our inner child and teach her and love her and say like, you're worthy of going after your dreams just because like you're worthy of being rich just because like you're worthy of being happy just because you are like period end of story. She'll stop coming up so much and like being upset that these people don't validate her, don't like what she has to say, don't like her success, you know? So I used to get a lot of that in the beginning, especially from my family, just like they hated it. And now that I'm unavailable because my inner child is nurtured, she's loved. She doesn't feel the need to be validated. I don't get it as much. I just, I really don't. It's just more like, oh, I'm happy for you, Kayla, because that's what I'm available for now. I'm available for supportive people. So you got to look and say how, what part of me is available for people to, you know, put me down. I had so many people at the beginning saying, oh, you have so many followers. Oh, you make so much money. Oh, you're such and such. Oh, you are such and such, you know, but I mean, there is so much work that goes into it and there is so much that goes into it and 
nobody knows but all they see is just what they see on instagram and it's not always a reality like they don't yes. see the pain i have to go through <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly what are some symptoms that a business owner is building their multi-billion dollar brand the wrong way Ooh, uh, well one symptom is if you're burning out oh. if you're burning out then something in your life isn't working because if you're in alignment with like God's calling on your life and you're in alignment with like your purpose, your reason why you are alive for this time, then you won't be burned out. So you've got to look and see, um, where am I out of alignment in my business? And most people are out of alignment because they're building their business the way somebody else told them to build it. Uh, you know, they read in a book, they took a masterclass and they decided like, oh, if that's how people are being successful, then that's what I'm going to do, even if it didn't feel good to them. So you need to make sure everything that you're doing in your business is in alignment with your core values. And if you don't know your core values, it's time to take them out, you know, write down four to five core values that it's like, I live and die on these principles and make sure that there's parts of your business that are like 100% a heck yes to those values. I got burned out a few years ago and I realized there was a part of my business that was completely out of alignment with what I coached, with what I preached on, but nobody knew it because it was like a completely behind the scene type of thing. And once I fixed that situation and started showing up in a new way, I started feeling better. I started feeling healthier. So if you're feeling burnout, that's a symptom of building a business the wrong way. If you have a high turnover rate, you know, of people coming in through the door of your company and not staying, whether it's staff or clients, then you should look at that too. Like, what am I doing wrong here? Because you should have people that stay, you know, a business always is focused on two things. I want more customers and increasing the lifetime value of our customers. So if both of those are hard for you. Okay. Well, let me go back to the drawing board and see what I'm doing wrong and don't take it personal. Just say like, Oh, like this is just a symptom of, of a bad habit of, um, you know, a bad plan. And let me fix the plan. Let me create new habits. And then I'm going to have different symptoms that I probably like that <laughs> they turn out to be benefits. So true. And being an entrepreneur is takes, I mean, you have a lot of responsibility, but how did you learn to just transfer your responsibility to others and to hire reliable employees? Because that's the very hardest part. And sometimes the business owner and entrepreneur has to be able to still be free and do things they want to do. Even if they're not there, the business should be fine. But sometimes it's really hard to do. You want to you wanna figure out again, where am I going? Where am I headed? Okay. With my company. So for me in mommy millionaire, I want to impact millions of people to make millions of dollars. I know I can't do that alone. I'm going to need a lot of entrepreneurs to be a part of my mission. That's for sure. Okay. So what kind of people do I need to be a part of my mission? Well, I know that I'm the visionary, right? Like I'm, I'm taking this place. Uh, I know where we're headed. I don't know how we're going to get there because <laughs> I don't know everything. So I need to help. I need to hire people who know how to get me where I want to go. 
So hire for the, um, I call it like, okay, I know where I'm headed the destination, but I need a GPS, right? So who are the people that are going to be my GPS and write out like all of the actual, like practical roles, but then also your characteristics, right? Who, these are the types of people that I need to be a part of my team. Like I want to have that culture where everybody is hardworking, where everybody's a team player, where everybody takes the initiative. That's the type of culture I'm building. And so, you know, I'm not making this like a personal thing. I'm saying I need these things for the longevity of my company. This isn't about Kayla Craft at all. This is about mommy millionaire, creating a legacy, helping these women become extremely rich. If I make it about me, if I make a hiring decision about me, then I'm screwed day one, and I'm never going to have any impact. But if I make it about the mission, hire for the mission and hire people who are gifted in the GPS, right? Then we get to where we want to go. Everybody's happy. Everybody's feeling fulfilled. So if you're making your stuff about you right now, then you're probably, you're going to be the bottleneck in your business forever. But if you become mission-minded, here's what I'm about. Here's what we're going after. And you hire people for the mission. Everybody else is mission-minded, you know? So think about like, uh, you know, people who first came out with the electric car, they didn't just like hire people who wanted to be mechanics and be engineers and be all the things. No, they hired people with a mission. Like I want to build the best electric car. Everybody got, got on board with that mission. And then, you know, Tesla was created. So yeah, you want to have a mission and hire for the mission. And the questions I get asked a lot, I mean, people ask me when someone doesn't have funds to hire somebody, how do they start? How do they grow their company? How do they grow their team? Yeah. So in the beginning, everybody's a solopreneur, right? You are doing 30 different jobs sometimes in the beginning and that's okay. What happens is you have to decide, okay, what am I gifted at? What is the number one thing I have to be doing in this business? And once your, once your business is a little bit profitable, then you could say, Hey, if I were to get back, you know, 40 hours of my life, because I hire somebody and I'm not able to make more income in the next 30 days to at least pay for this employee, then I don't deserve to have an employee. I probably don't even deserve to have a business at that point. Cause it's not a business. <laughs> it's not making money. Okay. So I, I like to give myself like little challenges like that. You know, nobody has money. Nobody just has extra money laying around to hire people most of the time. Okay. I said most of the time. So you got to give yourself a goal of like, okay, in the first 90 days, I'm going to be doing the 30 different drops. And once we be, once we hit, you know, $3,000 in profit a month, I'm going to hire my first employee. If during that time of having that next, that first employee, if I cannot have their salary completely paid for, then I have that person on a probationary period and they've got to be let go. You know, when people know that going into it, I hire everybody on a 90 day probation period. Cause I want to make sure that the business can sustain them, that they are actually a good fit for the company. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So nobody, and I, I think you've just got to have a plan and have good employment agreements in place to protect yourself and to protect the other person. Always put a 
put a probationary period in place. For me, the first person I hired was somebody to clean my house, you know, and that actually helped me be more successful in my business. So it might not always be like a traditional employee. And and then I hired somebody to do my laundry. Right. And then I hired somebody to, um, do the gardening. Like there were other things I had at home to be taken care of. So then I just had like more free space in my mind, you know, to make sure that I was doing things in my business. Then I hired an assistant. Then I hired a copywriter, like, right. So, um, it doesn't have to be these big, huge salary positions that you're hiring in the beginning. It could be things that are just taking the load off of you. So true. All this little stuff sometimes takes so much time, which you could be using for your business and making actually money instead of, you know, wasting time on little mm-hmm. things that are just daily, you know, yes. not necessary. <laughs> yes, totally. And as far as now, where can our listeners find you? What courses do you offer? Or, you know, you just mentioned that you have a book coming out. So we would love to know more about this. So, okay. So my book, it will, if you just listen into the mommy millionaire podcast, I'll let you guys know when it's out. It won't be until 2024. Cause it just like, it's, um, taking a while, but that's okay. I'm so excited. It's going to be around forever. It's gonna be my legacy book. Uh, but yeah, I put out two episodes a week over on the mommy millionaire podcast. And even if you're not a mom, listen in, I give really practical advice on money and just mindset and, you know, just how to, how to, stay persistent in the thick of it, you know, like when you're going through it. So I love, love, love the podcast. I have an incredible uh, program called the mommy millionaire mastermind. And it's actually like, you know, any woman can be a part of it, but it's just about like teaching you no matter what, if you're at $0 today, you can still be an investor and teaching you the mindset of being an investor. So that way you can have financial freedom and create a legacy for yourself, um, that lasts far beyond you. So that's what the mommy millionaire masterminds it is about. And you could find more about it. If you just go to mommymillionaire.co and yeah, learn more. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thank you for being my guest and giving such a great advice. Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.